Well, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, Fork Sports Highway for April 6th. The Frozen Four starts off tonight, or this afternoon, uh, NCAA Men's and Women's Champs. We were going to discuss those games a little bit. Uh, Westbrook's Revenge last night, and also the Masters. And I'll be looking for Bill to talk about that. I see, uh, so the legend Bill Deutsch made it back to town? I made it back I was worried about you. I thought you were going to be in a ditch somewhere. Well, there was nothing on the highway all the way from Minneapolis up here. So uh, I guess I waited the right amount of time. Yeah, well, that's the thing to do. I mean, the last time I was down there, I did the same thing. I, I the, the, Those roads can be just atrocious one day, and the next day they're clear as a bell. And we got over here Misbehaving Raven. Misbehaving. I don't think for a single day in my life. <laughs> that must have been last week when I wasn't here. Oh no, she was actually kind of subdued. She didn't. Her, her partner in crime didn't show up until after the show was basically over. So they were a little calmer, and she she was trying to be on her best behavior for Keith. See, Keith is already in the chat. Is he? And he Bye, was. Hi, Keith. Here, here you go. He has a, he has a sports update for us already. The rodents lead BU 6-2 with about a minute to go. Oh, What's up with these names? Did you say rodent? Oh, the Minnesota Gophers. They're rodents to us, you know. Oh, okay. I was like, what in the <laughs> hell college or whatnot no. named their... Wow. Okay. Oh, no, they, that would be worse than a hawk or... Well, the hawks kill rodents, so there we go. Ah. Oh. And our fearless leader, Paul Kornelka, in the house. Mr. Producer, owner, operator, president, GM, all in one. Yeah, I just sat down to listen, but now the camera's on me, so I guess i got to talk. Well, 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 we're talking about the, the rodents, and so they're up 6-2 on BU. It was 2-2 two two, uh, going into the third period, and um, Minnesota, no, yeah, 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 they scored twice the top of the third period. Yeah, with they had a... Uh, still a power play. They had a five on three, and then they had a another one. Yeah, at the so end, at then the, they finished a, about another minute off of another power play, and they scored twice in the first two and a uh, minute and a half in the third period. Well, as much as I I just detest that Gopher squad, they do look awfully good. Yeah, they're definitely they've got some skilled players. A lot, a lot of speed too. I mean, it was they're big, they're fast, they're physical. And they're skilled. Well, you better say something about Al too. I, well, yeah, I got that in here. I mean, well, I think I think uh, producer over there had something to say. Oh, I was just going to say uh, Keith had an update saying now six two final score. Uh, well, you know, if, if I would have to say that uh, Minnesota has looked like um, the best team basically all season long, um, as much as I uh, hate to admit it, and. Um, to note that especially being where we're from up here and um what i do know about that team though is their goalies from saskatchewan oh, you know that are. i didn't know that yeah I mean, you remember when it used to be nothing but minnesota kids on their squad right, right. okay for decades and decades we don't recruit outside the state because we're the state of hockey we have all our players from in-state we don't have to recruit from anywhere but then they don't win a championship for over 20 25 years and they finally win one what when Grant Patolny from Grand Forks, North Dakota, scores the winning goal in overtime? That was about 2009, is that? No, it's actually 20 years ago. 20 years ago. 2003? 
two, three. And, 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 and then the other star on that team was Thomas Vanek from, you know, over in West, Austria. Uh, yeah, so overseas. And, and, and of course, uh, they had, they had the Ryan Patoni on the team and, and Danny Ehrman on the, the second year. Um, so, so they didn't and Johnny win. Johnny Pole. Well, he was pretty good too. And Leopold and that bunch. But, but, like I said, they, they didn't win a championship until they started using players from outside Minnesota. And then I just thought it just amazing that their goalies from Saskatchewan, when they have constantly called us, what do they call us up here? The University of what? Canada. Yeah, University of Canada, because we use all those Canadian players. You know, well, well, but UND has never been shy about recruiting the best players that they could possibly get. I don't know. What do you think of that, Raven? Canadians, North Dakotans, Minnesotans. It doesn't matter. I'm not, yeah. As long as they play? As long as they play well, and that is not us this year. No, we had a down year, for sure. The league did, too. Anyway, I know Bill brought up a all-time super fan, University of North Dakota Fighting Sioux, Fighting Hawks, uh, organizer of many, many bus trips to uh, uh, road games to St. Cloud and Omaha and Duluth and all points in between and Frozen Fours. Al Pearson, 85 years old, passed away. Yeah, suck. Yeah. What a suck. That's, I mean, and, and, and that's, that's, that guy was, uh, you talk about people that, well, we bleed, green, bleed Kelly Green. And, and, you know, he was originally from... Uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario, and he had dual citizenship. Uh, once he got down here, um, Canadian and U.S. citizenship, uh, and Thunder Bay, you know, for a while was kind of a hotbed for players. Uh, the Hookstein brothers, Kevin and David Hookstein, uh, Brad Williamson, Chris Porter, um, oh, the offensive lineman oh. Lotus, Greg Lotus. But, but Thunder Bay, Ontario, but I think uh, Al was probably uh, our most uh, famous Thunder Bay personality. And, you know, we got to know him fairly well hanging out at the Knights of Columbus yes, back in you, the day. You well, spent a little bit of time there. Oh, I saw you there a time or two, too, Bill. But, you know, that that he was always part of, uh, you know, not only the, the Fighting Sioux, and then they did, you know, give him that night this year, uh, the the l pearson knight and recognized him because they knew his health was deteriorating and you know how nice of his daughter to spend all that time with him taking care of him in his last few days months years and he's kind of your neighbor too right oh other? yeah just a block away yeah so i mean you and you you went on some of the bus trips didn't oh yeah you? i've been a few yeah and i mean even more recently right well i would say duluth within the last couple of years two three years Duluth, St. Cloud. I went to Omaha too. Oh yeah, yeah, and and you know they, those bus trips were were something unlike anything. I mean, there was lots of beverages and and food and it yeah, it was definitely a good time. Yeah, no, I know I was I had fun on the ones I went on and so so yeah, it's going to be missed. I hope I hope Joanna uh, the continues. daughter continues to 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 set up those uh, bus trips, the university uh, hockey trips. Yeah, she might need a little break for a while. Oh, yeah, I suppose. But um, she did kind of take over that anyway. Yeah, she was doing most of the work. But I mean, yeah, because he, he was. But, but yeah, really. So, so, so we lost a good one. I mean, um, <laughs> I didn't eat at work today. Leave me alone. <laughs> hey, hey, 
Just, just well, uh, <laughs> over here in the background. <laughs> you know, we, we call her Little Lotta, you know. You better share some of those. Oh. Okay. So, anyway, that's, that's so, so Al Pearson's passed away. Uh, we got the big hockey, and so you, you, Minnesota Gophers defeat the Boston University Terriers 6-2. to uh, Quinnipiac and um, Michigan uh, square off later on tonight. Um, boy, I'd hate to see two Big Ten teams in the title game. What do you think, Bill? Well, I don't know, and I I've been reading some stuff up. I, you know, whenever I see nil stuff, I have to read it. And lots oh. of people think now that, you know, with the transfer portal, that the Big Ten is just going to end up winning all of the hockey championships because thank you. They the definitely have the money for mm-hmm. the nil, and it just seems like these guys are ready to switch teams. Oh. Yes. I mean, the loyalty in college athletics is, is no. <laughs> I mean, the the whole... Well, did you see what happened to Mankato? Yes. Yes. They well, said 11 of their players went into the transfer portal? Yeah. Because, well... Because their coach was... Their head coach took the Wisconsin job. Right. So Mankato's hockey coach took the, the Wisconsin job, Wisconsin Badger job, they offered it to his top assistant, right? And he's following his head coach to Wisconsin. He's he declined. I didn't hear him say that, but, well, I, but I I heard him say he didn't want the job. Yeah, well, that, that I think I think that was the. So gist they're of basically it, so. saying that he's going to make more money as an assistant at Wisconsin than he would as head coach at Mankato. Yeah, well, I suppose Big Ten money, um, but then so then eleven players hit the transfer portal. Yeah, off that team. And then that isn't even counting. They're, they must have had some seniors on that team, too. Oh, yeah. So they're basically start, starting from scratch next year. Right. Wow. I, I mean, and, and they've worked hard to build that program up to where it's at. I mean, remember when they were trying to be in the WCHA and it was a number of years where they had to compete against the WCHA teams, and then they finally got into the WCHA as a, as a full-fledged member, and then the WCHA folded. And I thought it was such a dirty deal for both Bemidji and Mankato for all the work they did to be part of the WCHA to have it fall apart. And that, well, that all goes back to the Big Ten caused all that. Yeah, the Wisconsin and and, and Gophers. Well, the Big Ten as as a, a university uh, NCAA structure. Didn't they require that, though, of those teams, that if they were part of them in basketball and football, they had to be there with the hockey teams, too? Well, I always thought that hockey was just a niche sport that you can go Division One in that and you don't have to go with all your other sports. Right, right, and that, that's how it had been. But then when the Big Ten decided they wanted a conference, and, well, Penn State was the lynching pin of the whole thing, but then because then they ended up with getting six teams, which well, was what they needed for a conference. I always thought Wisconsin was the one that basically decided what was going to happen. Oh, we got to get an ad in here. Is this a video ad, Dale? Yep, video ad coming up. Ideal Power Solutions is your electrical contractor serving residential, commercial, and agricultural customers right here in the valley and surrounding area. Installation, replacement and repairs of wiring, outlets, light fixtures, 
panel upgrades, electrical conduit, and more, Ideal Power Solutions has the training and expertise to tackle any project, big or small. Whether it's residential, commercial, remodels, new construction, egg projects, and custom builds along with service work. The Valley has an electrical contractor you can count on and trust. Call Ideal Power Solutions in Grand Forks, 701-213-3805 to find out more or go to IdealPowerND.com or find them on Facebook at Ideal Power Solutions, LLC. For all of your electrical contracting needs, make it Ideal Power Solutions in Grand Forks. Oh, yeah? Okay, while well, we're back, there we go. Um, I see Keith, you can solve them. Keith put up in the chat that the... Uh, um, apparently, the university is going to put Al's white cowboy hat on display permanently. So what, I guess I haven't seen that note, but well, I, it, it I saw a picture on Facebook of kind of the hat sitting on top of a looked like a lamp or something that didn't have the shade on the top. <laughs> well, I mean that white hat is definitely him, though. I mean, not, you think of that when you see it. Uh, but anyway, we were we were talking about Mankato and the and the NIL and 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 them losing all those players and the Big Ten being the team that's going to uh, uh, being the conference that because of the naming, imaging, and licensing rights and the transfer portals, they're able to offer all this money and and like you talked about in the past with with, with different football teams and and different sports across the landscape where boosters are actually recruiting athletes that the coaching staffs aren't actually recruiting. And it's turning into just a, this mess. A wild, wild west, they call it. Yeah, well, there's no guidelines. I mean, so, so then the other part of that becomes, supposedly they're supposed to be, uh, with the naming, imaging, and licensing, they're supposed to be some kind of, uh, whether it's advertising or a sponsor, and that's not, they're kind of bypassing that, and the the alumni are just coming with a pile of money and handing well, and I don't it over. Think, I don't. I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. No, and that's and that's what they're that's what they're looking into is that these alumni are just coming with these piles of cash, with no no sponsorship, no advertising, no nothing. Just you come to our school and we're giving you a hundred thousand dollars, or right. we, you know we're giving you five hundred thousand um, dollars. And 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 you know while we're talking about this. Okay, so so the big event, um, the women's on NCAA basketball championship. Yes, that was. Did you watch the game? Yeah, I did. And, and I caught some of it too. You did too. Yeah, well, I caught the highlights off uh, the, the the YouTube condensed highlights. Well, I I actually watched the game myself, and and it was uh, well, I was pulling for Iowa. I, I mean, I was the Midwest school, you know, and um, I don't dislike LSU. Uh, their coach is probably the most flamboyant women's coach in the in the country. <laughs> yeah, Boy, those, those, those like like a quite peacock. The, yeah, quite the outfit she had on. Did you catch any of that, Ray? I did not. Oh, she. But she, now I need to see it. Yeah, you'll every, oh. every every game. Yeah, and it was different every time. Yeah, some so she must have she must have some kind of sponsorship or clothing line or something. What's her name? I'm gonna look it up. For which player? Or the, the, the coach the coach. For, coach for LSU. Coach for LSU. I can't remember what her name I is. I look it up. I know Raven does have the results from the game here, too. The NCAA women. But she, she played for Louisiana Tech at one point. The coach did. Yes. Yeah, she was and a former. She was a, a coach at Louisiana hey, Malky? Tech. Malky. Uh, yep. 
Kim Mulkey, okay. And she then she did she win some titles at Baylor too? Yes, a couple, at least two, at least I two, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. And then all of a sudden, she just even like I think she won that year, and then she, yeah, because because she took the job at LSU. Well, and and so so the topic we were talking about was was the 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 the, the NIL and and the Louisiana State team that won this national championship. And there's something like nine players that yeah, that's that, that arrived on campus through the portal. Right. So, I mean, so so you basically she came as the head coach and brought in all these players from all over the place, and 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 put it together. But they were all highly sought after players, I think. Well, yeah, and some of them at other schools. Yeah. Well, I, I think the the gal that was the 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 most outstanding player in the tournament. Uh, uh, Angel Reese had had was one of those players that came in from somewhere else where she had a pretty decent career going already. Money. Well, oh, sorry, I was going to say I'm looking up her just her quick uh, her her stat sheet, and it looks like this is her fourth uh, championship, March Madness championship, Division One as a head coach, and one before as a assistant. Uh, three previous ones with Baylor there. So, and then I think she won in the Olympics too. I think she was coach of the Olympic team too. I. Every single picture this woman has is her just screaming in a room. It's not even ridiculous outfits. It's awesome. Like you can see this woman's heart. Well, and and, and so not only is she like in these flamboyant outfits, but she's also like on the court, on the court in the faces of the officials. And, and we had uh, lots of, uh, controversy about the officiating in the national championship game oh, for the women especially that one and 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 some of the calls that were made against Iowa and and the, a technical fall called on on Caitlin um, Clark for th- like she bounced the ball behind herself without looking and she didn't really slam it or anything she just kind of bounced it but in according to the rule the rule states that you have to Oh, turn around and hand it to the ref on a platter? Is that how it works? Basically, you have to, you know, give it right to the nearest official. Well, and, and she didn't. She bounced behind her as she walked into the huddle without looking. So they called a technical foul on her, but yet... This, was it in play? No, it was the dead ball. The dead ball, there was a timeout. Well, that ref can suck and, it up then. It wasn't in play. Well, well, not but but then this coach for Louisiana is running down the sidelines and bumps into a referee while she's yelling, and that's a nothing. Now, bumping into an official, regardless of how you do it, is supposed to be a technical fall too, Bill. Right. And, and so if you're going to call this this, fall, this technical, but not that, I'm like, well, okay. And I saw some plays. I, I saw an a, a, uh, Iowa gal go up for a rebound late in the game when it was still – a viable game between the two teams and the LSU girl like comes into her back and knocks her out of bounds and the ball goes out of bounds and they call it off the Iowa girl and the Iowa girl's got her arms up in the air like what can't believe you didn't call that a foul and then they go down the other end and they call like a technical foul down there <laughs> yeah like, there were some but but it was it was it was a game that was officiated and and people were complaining about the officiating all over the place. <clears throat> then the other part of the game was the, the taunting. And that be- became a big deal. 
Yeah, that's still a big deal. So, so rather than talking about the game itself and the horrible officiating and LSU winning a championship and 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 how what a great game Caitlin Clark had, they're they're they call it. Uh, they're talking about Angel Reese holding her hand over her face and following Caitlin Clark around the court, taunting her, right, and pointing at her ring finger. Yeah. So I and supposedly then. She was also putting her hand in front of her face. Right, she was. And that has something to do with John Cena. And oh. there's our expert over there. Yeah, yeah, tell us and, about that, and Dale. And she All has right. been doing it throughout the year, apparently. Yeah, yeah, so well, give me a sec there. I'll hop right over here. Okay. But, but yeah. Uh, and, and, well, bye, Paul. But apparently, apparently... Uh, yeah, just dropping cookies. Caitlin Caitlin Clark had been doing these kind of motions all season long, but not directing it at any individual player, teams, and fans. And, it was more and, part of the game, or something. Right, right. as the game was going and on, instead of showing off. And and this was that is showing off. This this was at a point where the game the game was basically won by LSU in the waning seconds. And uh, uh, Angel Reese is following Caitlin Clark around the court, doing that right in her face, right, and pointing at her ring finger. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, I was put off by both instances of it, even her, her Caitlin Clark doing that earlier in the year when I I learned about that, and then I saw some of the guys doing some things in the championship game too, and I was like, can anybody just act like they've done this kind of thing before, or you know, the the, the sportsmanship part of it is the part that I think is missing. No, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like you said, Monty. They, they've been doing this for a while. It's been kind of like their unofficial rivalry just be kind of between those two. And it's been catching on in other sports, too. The the whole John Cena, you can't see me thing there. You know, it's almost as common as a high five. Not that common, but it's getting there because it's just like... It I, might be there. I, I've always kind of considered it at this point. It's been going on for so many years. Like it's almost just like friendly trash talk, and that's what uh, Clark was quoted in the interview. We were like, "Oh, we're all going to be competitive. It's just trash talk." And you know, there's that fine line between you know friendly competitive trash talk, and then you know taking it over the line, and you know where you have to get the text called and all that. Well, and Caitlin Clark Clark was was interviewed, the ESPN interview, and and she said it didn't bother her. That, that they shouldn't be condemning Angel Reese for that, that they do have a kind of a rivalry thing going on. And, and I guess you can say that when you, gotta, you get to come back for another year yourself. You know, and, and she did score. Th- was Angel Reese, is she coming back? I, I don't know about her, but, but like I say, um, Caitlin Clark was the best player in that game. Yeah, that, that was she, she got 30 yeah. points, and that was kind of considered a weak game for her compared to her other performances well, in, in the tournament. She had a couple 40-pointer games. Yeah. The first time anybody had had back-to-back 40-point games. And then, oh, yeah, while they were talking about the disrespecting of players, then they did show the clips of, of Caitlin Clark when they were playing against Baylor, and Baylor was a poor three-point shooting team. And the gal gets the ball behind the three-point line, and Caitlin Clark is sucked way back in the paint. And she just waves at her like this. She doesn't even look at the player out there. Just waves at her like, you're, you're not good enough for me to come out there and guard you. Oh, wow. Not worth her time. Yeah. And, and they showed that. They showed a couple clips of that. And I was like, well, that's kind of disrespectful. Wow. She, she made some deep threes, though. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I guess they just kind of officially gave the equivalent of the Heisman for women's hoops, uh, the Wooden Award. She won it uh, oh, yeah. for best overall women's hoops player uh, just not too long ago for the, this past season. And, yeah, she had a heck of a season. Uh, I kind of guess got some of her stats, averaging 27.8 points a game, the country's second-leading scorer, 8.6 assists, 7.1 rebounds, uh, 47.3 percent uh, shooting. And she finished March Madness overall with 191 points, 60 assists, and 32 three-pointers uh, for a single tournament. I believe that sets records all around there in that yeah, aspect. It, yeah. it, it was, yeah, she was so she, whatever she, happened to that Paige Buckers or the one that was from Minneapolis played for UConn? I, you don't know who I'm talking about? No. So, so she was a women's in, well, in she this was, tournament? Yeah, she was well, but a yeah, couple but, of years ago. Ah. Uh, well, when when the final four was, the women's final four was in Minneapolis, so she had all those people and stuff. I, I do want to say though, I know, I don't think we've actually given the result of the game yet. Does uh, Raven have that? I think I think so. No. Women's, women's uh, NCA double A. Double A. Okay, I'm getting it. It's the battery. It's okay. Uh, LSU winning over Virginia Tech, uh, 79 to 72. Iowa defeated South Carolina, 77 to 73. Wow. Okay, those are semis, yeah, yeah. And then the championship? Championship final results. LSU women, uh, women wins their first NCAA Hoops Division I championship win over Iowa, 102 over. 85. Good God. It was a little closer than that, but it, it ended up bulking up at the end a little. Um, the uh, One of the things with this game, record-breaking 9.9 million viewers for the women's title game. Okay, so the women's title game, which took place on Sunday? Yes, they played Friday and Sunday. Yeah, so the women's semis were on Friday, and the championship was on Sunday. The men's Semis were on Saturday, and the championship was on Monday. Right. The women had their largest viewing audience ever. So, so that was the thing about Caitlin Clark and and got a, at our Supersonic Steve. Yeah. Oh, Caitlin. I, Supersonic I, Steve. Caitlin, I called her Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I was Caitlin. Do I, well, I think. Oh, yeah, you got, I think a few people were. I got the right one? Yep, that's right. Okay. I think a few people were tuning in to see the coach, too. Well, I suppose. To see what her outfit was going to be. But Supersonic Steve, we were talking about the uh, LSU uh, uh, Iowa women's game and and how that was uh, the highest watched uh, women's uh, NCAA basketball game in history. So, what was the men's be? I watched both games, actually. Well, Um, I, I love that little Clark gal. Hard not to, yeah. Yeah. But but then we contrast that to UConn and San Diego State championship game was the lowest men's viewership in recent history. What was that? Oh, my. I don't I don't have the stat on it. All I know is it was like the the least watched uh, NCAA final on record. Mm. I have the score. You have the score. I have the score uh, for the men's final. Yeah. Yep, championship. Um, UConn won its fifth national championship on Monday, topping San Diego State 76 to 59. Uh, that's about what the score was, the gap. 
pretty much the whole game. I know Steve said you watched it. I did. Yeah. Um, I, I know at one point they cut the lead to six, and then yep. it almost instantly bulged back to like 13. That sound about right? They just couldn't get over the hump. I mean, they just – it was uh, – you know, they're good. That's a good team, but I think UConn just had – uh, their number that night, and I and I do think UConn was the better team. Uh, so, Steve, I don't know if you could maybe do a little camera adjustment, maybe so we could get you kind of all the way towards the end there. There we go, much better, <laughs> perfect, that? good well, deal. That's like, I think I think Creighton was better than South Dakota or San Diego State. Yeah, I, they, that they, was a good game. That that, uh, that was the game where McDermott was melting down on the, the that that fall call. So so the guy yeah. was up in the that you know the. the that, that, and I, I would that that's the one we talked about last, last week about. Um, so it was Creighton and San Diego State, right. and and, yep. and they called that foul and it basically sealed the game. Well, no, they had to make a. Well, the guy shot a, the, a buzzer beater to win the game. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, they were down by one, and he shot one from outside the the lane. I'd say it was probably fifteen feet. Yeah, and he no, swished it. Yeah, I they, mean, he, it was like so. The, you know, it was up in the air, and then you could see the light go off. So it was definitely off on time. But well, the San Diego, I guess, because they'd never been there before, and UConn had been. I was pulling for San Diego State. Um, Me too. Me and too. and then the other thing was lots and lots of talk about uh, Tony Gwynn over the week. Because the baseball player, yeah, because he he was like the all time San Diego State assist leader and starred yep. on a basketball team oh, for really? them. Yeah, he did. He was, and 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 so he that was, was drafted like in the tenth round of the NBA uh, at one time when he was a senior in college. Yeah, and 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 that was the thing is I I had no idea he played basketball and and oh yeah he was pretty good. So so all Point week guard. long they kept showing photos of him in his San Diego State uniform and and I was like wow was not, I didn't see any of that. Back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he was around he he was kind of Charles Barkley like when he was playing baseball. NDSU <laughs> used to play South Dakota. Point guard. <laughs> San Diego State. Oh yeah. Back in the day. In the Division 2 days or Yeah. I was I was kind of looking up getting a refresher on the Division Two championship history for men's and women's hoops because I remember UAD won a few in a row there around the turn of the century, and I think NDSU won a couple too when I was looking up the stats there as well and a bunch of runner-ups. But in women's, not in men's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the women won three in a row. Yeah, was it UND and then NDSU had won what about five or something like that? Uh, I want to say they made it yeah, to five. That was, that was quite the rivalry between Ruley and yeah, Amy Ruley and Jean Roebuck. There oh, was yeah. no love lost between those two. No. Oftentimes the games would end and there was no handshakes or nothing. They went their own way and <laughs> yeah, it was NDSU, well, it's NDSU and UND, but fun and games to watch. Your 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 football teams weren't a whole lot different than that at times, Bill. I remember watching uh, uh, head coach uh, Jerry Olson. No, no, uh, Roger Thomas. Roger Thomas with his with his. With his finger in, in the SU coach's face at the end of the game. Rocky. Rocky. Uh, Rocky Hager. Yeah, no, no love lost there either. No. So, so yeah, no, there's the, the rivalry. It was a little more competitive back then. But, but yeah, what do you think, though, the, the, the lack of audience for the UConn versus San Diego State, do you think it's because it was those two schools or 
the time of the game, I don't know, 8.30 at night. Well, I guess they're kind of used to having, like, what you would consider the blue bloods. You'd have to have a Kansas in right. there or a Duke right. in there. Or say, a, was it one well, of the NCAA North powerhouses or for hoops? So isn't UConn one of the big powerhouses for you? Well, they, well, they are, but they're more for women's, yeah. I think, right, than right. they were for men. And, and, and you you know, if, if, if somebody asked you to name the top ten uh, men's basketball programs in the country, you probably would. I would think UConn might be on the end, like maybe 10th, 11th, 12th, something like that. Yeah. They're, not, they're, they're in the Big East, yeah. which, you know, is a big conference, but the Big East is, you know, so spread out. They don't got the same pedigree as like a Duke. No, no, or, no, or no Kansas. Kansas or North Carolina or Houston, or any, any of them for that matter, UCLA, uh, even Gonzaga, you know. The, the, I would say they're probably in the 15 range yeah. if you're looking at for top college basketballs. If you were – a kid getting recruited, I would say if you're they're in there, they'd be a top fifteen or twenty uh, colleges to go sure, to. Sure, for for yeah. basketball. Well, I don't think for they basketball. said they they said at one point too that no Big West team had ever been in the championship, had they? No, but I don't think so. Yeah. So so so, but but then then the women's game has the largest uh, women's audience on on, on record, and but all. that's probably. A third or a fourth of what the men's even got. Oh, come on now, Bill. Well, I, I, I did. I did check out a couple of interviews with uh, beat, some beat writers uh, covering the tournament. I'm both gonna, men. I'm, I'm going to start talking WNBA here in a minute. Both men's and women's, oh, and they said there was. It was kind of like what you were touching on just a little bit earlier, Monty, about how there is. There seems like to be this organic presence with a uh, women's game attracting bigger crowds and more attention grabbing than, than the men's game this year. I don't know. Maybe it, was, it could be a fluke, like you said, with the teams or markets, but maybe just something with the women's game just like naturally just grabbing, you know, just fine. maybe the whole Caitlin Clark just being this anomaly of well, a must-see player. And, and no, that's kind of what I think it is, is that, that she, she became like a, a superstar on the national yeah, scene. Yeah. Well, I think the level of play was way up. I mean, I do too. I, well, especially in the girls. Yeah, in the girls, yeah, in the girls especially. Well, well, because defense, they, you know, they 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 were good. They were fun to watch. They actually sent you a text that, hey, these these girls are good. Yeah, no, no, I know. And and the thing is, is that like everybody knows who Angel Reese is and Caitlin Clark, and you know those those names were resonating all week long, even after the game. But then, if I ask you, uh, name name the outstanding player for the men's than the guy that was named MVP. I I have no clue. <laughs> you know, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, he, but he was the center for UConn, the big guy. I can see him, but I didn't know his name. I had to look it up. Oh, he was tall, that guy. Well, he was muscular too, but his name is uh, uh, Adama Sanago. Oh, they had another taller guy than him playing too. But, but he, he was named most, most outstanding player. Um the one, the one he unique, was from somewhere like African continent, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying. So, 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 this Caitlin Clark from Iowa, the Iowa team was like this girl next door type girl, you know, that that everybody was rooting for, and then and then we get this team from UConn that ends up winning it, and you know, I, I have to say most of the people were rooting against them. Um, the one thing <clears throat> that was unique about both of these tournaments was the what UConn's Jordan Hawkins is a what first cousin of Angel Reese of LSU, so you have cousins that are national champions. In the bloodline. Yeah, well. And then and then the other part of it was the coaches 
both head coaches being sons of head coaches or sons of basketball royalty, like Hurley. Dan Hurley is the son of Bobby Hurley, and you know I don't know uh, Steve. You you remember Bobby Hurley? Anything about him? Oh yeah, heck yeah, he was a Duke guy, and oh yeah, played uh, uh, professionally. Got hurt. He got hurt in a motorcycle accident that uh, kind of derailed his uh, career. Yeah, like, that? like he rolled into a ditch or something filled with water. It was a fence or uh, somewhere. He almost bought the farm. I, I think. But his was, dad was some type of big high school coach or something in in Connecticut or New York or somewhere uh, over New out. York or New Jersey. So 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 then, so Bobby Hurley though, when he played for Duke, he played with Christian Leitner on that national championship yep, team, yep, right? Yep, yep, he was yep. he was the starting point guard. I think Grant Hill might have been on that team too. Well, yeah, I, and he was doing the play-by-play, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. not the play-by-play, but the color. color. Yeah, and and then on the other side of the uh, equation, San Diego State's head coach was Brian Dutcher. So uh, Minnesota connections. Yeah, well, well, um, what's his name? Jim Dutcher uh, was the head coach of the University of the Gophers, <clears throat> and and I, I talked to you about him because. I went to summer camps, and Jim Dutcher was at two of them, back-to-back summers, and he he talked to us uh, on the sideline at half court. We're sitting in the bleachers at NDSU in the field house, and he's talking to us about life and everything else, and, and he takes the basketball in his palm of his hand, and he throws it over his shoulder from half court, and it goes swish while he's talking to us. And then I watched him do it a second time the following summer. It's like a TV moment. And I'm like, that, I'll never forget seeing that. To me, it was like he must have done that like Metal Lark Lemon used to make those half-court oh, yeah. hook shots. Yeah. yeah. He had some gravity contraption hooked up. <laughs> well, no, but there, there, there are just guys that, that that shot is something they can do. And, you know, Dutcher, he didn't miss a beat while he was talking, and he just – over his shoulder. Well, I still say Creighton should have won that game against South Dakota State, and they should have been in the national championship. Well, and then we'd have had a North Dakota co- contact there with, with McDermott. And those coaches couldn't have been much closer if Dutcher and him, he said they had a flight to Hawaii that they went there for a tournament and they shared a plane, the two teams, San Diego State and Creighton. Oh, and he said he talked to him for five hours on the way to Hawaii. Huh. Five hours there and five hours back. Well, during the course of the NCAA tournament, wasn't uh, Musselman's kid coaching one of these teams too? Yeah, yeah. Well, I Arkansas. thought there's one at Arkansas. 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 Yeah. and he's the one that takes his shirt off whenever they want. Yeah, the that's game. that's yeah. And, and so, so you th- you know we had all these sons of of, of these coaches from well, bygone era. Uh, coaching teams and you know I, I don't know is it is it well so, there was one in Houston too right well well so Kevin Sampson oh yeah he was the son of a son of a coach too and then yeah. didn't don't you have a Patino running around out there somewhere too uh, well he's back at what St John or well yeah the old man is but isn't his kid like coaching somewhere I thought I he was out somewhere by that. San Diego somewhere that direction yeah. well Long anyway Beach State or. Okay, so so that's the NCAA. So UConn's the champs for the fifth time in their history. LSU's champs in the women's for the first time in their history. Um, well, who has ever won it other than Tennessee and UConn in women's basketball? In women. Well, you know, I, I don't, 
See, I I remember before they actually considered them D one when like we had we did a show months ago where Delta State had a gal named Lucille Harris, mm-hmm. and and they won her. something like three three cha- three college basketball championships in a row. I don't think women were actually playing D one ball at that time. I think because this is the early seventies. Um, but but Lu- Lucille Harris was inducted into like the uh, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, and she ju- she just passed away like last year, and that's why I brought her up and we did a sh- little segment on one of our shows. But but like Delta State won like three years in a row. Um, and they were from Louisiana, or yeah, yeah, and 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 then <clears throat> also um, uh, Nancy Lieberman. Uh, yes, where, she played there too, I believe. Did so, she? Well, I, I'm not sure where where she played, but I, I think she was a college basketball champion too. And I don't think she was at UConn or or Tennessee, but but those were the big schools. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten, Tennessee and and the famous coach there. I, gosh, I wish I had her name. She passed away from the cancer. lady. Yeah, the lady. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I can't. Tennessee Volunteers. About. I can look it up. Here. Yeah, Dale, our Superman, our our super analyst, will find <laughs> that for us. Uh, Tennessee Volunteers women's head basketball coach. Uh, she was there for years. Yeah, she years. she won many 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 championships there. Yeah. Um, and and you know as far as Tennessee basketball though I the Ernie and Bernie show how about you Supersonic oh Steve you Pat Summit Pat, Pat Summit Pat's there you go Summit. yeah yeah, yeah uh, we should know that Keith knew it did he well uh, he probably did uh, oh yeah I haven't seen an update from him but I'm sure he's he he, he I'm sure he was in the missing grabbing it there um, well Keith said hi Raven <laughs> oh yeah. Keith thanks again for the pizzas last week man yeah um, he. he he did. He brought him to, so Bill would miss out. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> and I think he's going to be on Dirty Thursday here as a guest in a, like a few weeks or so. So, That's getting nice. amped up for a race season. I am very, very stoked for race season. Oh yes, please. F one had an awesome race last weekend. Like unbelievable finish. I'll just say it real quick. Get out of the way. Um, they had a an unprecedented, not unprecedented, but a rare amount of red flags in a race. They had three red flags. So. And they, he, he, just, just, just before you get into it any further, I just like the way he lights up when he starts talking about racing <laughs> or wrestling. Well, it was a crazy race, and uh, like, there's not going to be another F1 race for a month because they canceled the China Grand Prix for their next race. So it's going to be another month before the next one. But like, maybe there's they usually don't bust out too many red flags for F1, but there's three of them because uh, uh, yeah, it was just some were borderline calls. But the last one that happened. Uh, they did a, a standing restart with two laps rest left in the race for the Australian Grand Prix last weekend. And so, like, the announcers are jacked. Uh, the crowd's jacked because they're thinking, all right, standing restart, all these and the F1 cars, they're, like, the fastest of the fast. And so seeing them hit that for those first couple of tight turns for the last two laps especially, you think all these racers are just going to go just super competitive, super tight, but they got a little too overzealous, and within the first couple of turns, multiple wrecks, they red flag the race again, and they have to finish the race under a safety car, and yeah, it was just, it was, it was a calamity all around, and, and a bunch of delays happened, and Max Verstappen ended up winning again, but it was under a safety car, it was just super weird, and this guy I felt super bad for, Carlos Sainz, he got this dumb minor five-second penalty for not minor major actually because especially under safety car conditions where it was applied he would have ended up finished finishing like fifth and he ended up finishing like i think 12th the last position in the race outside of the points leaderboard uh, qualifying points and so yeah it was a crazy race with other multiple wrecks and of the 20 car field 
12 cars finished, so almost half the field got wrecked. It was it was a crazy, awesome race. I loved it. <laughs> well, I sure hope Paul got pizza last week because Paul is always hungry when he's here. I did. Yep. All right. Paul had pizza. Did you eat my share, Paul? Yep. All right. <laughs> okay, so, so I'm going to switch gears into the NBA. Uh, last night, Russell Westbrook and the Los Angeles Clippers played the uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Los Angeles Lakers in Staples Center. And uh, I saw who won the game. 125 to 118. Uh, Westbrook and the Clippers. Westbrook was uh, taunting LeBron. Oh, poor baby. Yeah, he had a couple shots over him and pointing fingers at him. Russell Westbrook made some comments about the problem. Was he using the hand in the face too, or no? He didn't. He 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 just stood and pointed directly at him. Oh, and 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 the thing is, is but why is it okay for those people to taunt? Well, then, well, it's the big leagues. They're 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 growing up to do it, right? <laughs> well, even there though, they do call the, a fair share of texts. The the in the, in years past, the taunting used to be player to player in close quarters. It wasn't something like if I was guarding you. I would say something to you. I wouldn't say it to the so everybody could hear me, and you'd respond. That's how it used to be. The con- conversation was back and forth. If I could interject yeah, something to add on to that, Monty, like in that Michael Jordan's Last Dance documentary, that was they chronicled that perfectly with Jordan trash talking the people he was matching up against, just relentless. Oh yeah, and and what and, like saying that. I'm going to make this shot on you, or I'm going to do this, or I'm yeah, going to do that. And, you know, this is before the days of you know the the instant mics that would pick it up, the, the more high quality mics that would pick it up. He he was dropping f bombs and like it was high level trash talk. Well, I, I saw a a inter, an interview with um, uh, Al Harrington. Al Harrington was a uh, instant offense uh, forward that played for the Indiana Pacers and and the New York Knicks and several other other teams and. He said that Michael Jordan called him a hoe. You you can't guard me, hoe. You're a hoe. And Al Al Harrington tried to tell him he wasn't. <laughs> and Michael Jordan like lit him up for sixty. And 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 one of one of Harrington's teammates tried to tell him, regardless of what Michael Shut Jordan up. says to you, don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Just play. Just play. <laughs> And 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 then uh, the other was uh, yeah. I remember seeing interviews with other players facing off against Jordan. And they managed to get a couple baskets on him, get a little get get a little arrogant, make a, a snide comment, and then that would just inspired Jordan to light him up for the rest of the game. Well, the the there's there's one uh, instance where Kevin Garnett was was one of his teammates was lighting up. Uh, oh, Isaiah Ryder. Was was oh yeah was 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 like Las Vegas like, guy like had like thirty some points on Jordan through three quarters and and Kevin Garnett's mouth was yipping and yapping the whole while telling him you got him young fella you got him you got him and 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 um, then the fourth quarter started and like Jordan had thirty in the fourth quarter and <laughs> and Kevin Garnett had to apologize to J.R. Ryder and told him you know, <laughs> he caused that but we got another ad here. Yep, yep, our exec- a video ad? yep, a video ad from our friends at Executive Properties. Uh, do I just... Yep, just same as before there. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? 
Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Aaron says Chris and his team did a spectacular job on the damage to my aunt's garage and siding. Kept us up to date on the progress and the finished product was amazing. Thank you for your professionalism and hard work. Hey, get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All right, we are back. And, Monty, I believe we kind of veered off a little bit from your Lakers-Clippers analysis there. Well, we're talking the, the trash talking because of Westbrook. But, you know, Westbrook made some comments, though. He, he, he posted some, some statements about how he was tired of being the whipping boy or being the blame for the Lakers' uh, problems this year. And, and he, he laid that right back in LeBron's lap, saying that he's the problem. And, and you know, whether he is or not, uh, for, for, for Westbrook to have taken all of the blame. How many games they have left? Only three couple, games. Yeah, three, three for them. Uh, yeah. I think two my, to three for other teams, yeah. yeah. yeah two, two. I think the Wild have five left. In, in hockey? Yeah. Yeah. The Timberwolves got... Uh, three, I believe. They're, they're, the Timberwolves have uh, fallen down. But it's... Just about anybody from about fourth place to twelfth place, isn't it? Well, the Timberwolves went from sixth, and now they're in the ninth spot. Yeah, in I, the play-in. So spot. nine and ten planned up playing each other, and then the winner of the nine and ten has to play. I think the one or, or two seed, seven or yeah. eight, right? Yeah. Well, doesn't the seven play the ten, and the and the, and the and and the eight play the nine, and and if the nine or the ten win, they play another game. Isn't that how it works? Um, you know, I'd have to actually have it in front of me to look to say I, I, concretely. I want to say yeah, it's like the. I heard somebody talking yeah. about it today. No, I, 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 I don't think the seven and eight play each other. I think they play the lower two teams of that sequence, and if they win, then those the nine ten are out. Yeah, I want one say, game deal, but if the nine ten actually win, then they have to play a second game. Yeah, I, w- I want to say I thought it's like kind of like how they do the first four for March Madness, where you have the seven and eight seed and playing each other, and the nine and ten seed playing each other in a best of three series. Winner of the seven and eight seed, they play the number two seeded team, and winner of the nine and ten uh, seed, three game series plays the number one seed. That's see, what see, I thought it was. Well, no, you want to be in the top six. Yeah, right? you want to be in the top right. six. But but what I, what I'm saying is that the 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 seven eight don't play each other because the nine ten don't get the opportunity to. Oh, okay. Is it like the seven plays a ten and the eight plays a nine? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So they even do because those two are the teams that weren't in before. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't get to have a, a. That makes sense. And they want to do the seating for the for for the play and kind yeah. of like the seating for the main tournament as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So so like I say that the the, the the eight plays the nine and the, and the seven plays the ten. Um, but the good news for the Timberwolves, though, is they can't finish any worse from what I looked up just uh, last night. Than ten, the ninth, the ninth. So they are going to be in the. They clinched a playoff spot, and I think it unless they need a lot of help, but it most likely looks like they're going to be in the play-in tournament. Okay. Well, anyway, so and and the and the Lakers currently are in the seven. So so they're in the play play-in situation, but they're in the driver's seat of that spot, and they could potentially move even into the sixth spot. I think they're one game behind the Golden State Warriors. Which I, don't, is, I don't think they're going to get there. But I know we're surprised they're even making it to the play-in because I think it was just over the last month or so back we are like no chance of them making the playoffs. Well, the Lakers, when, when you looked at their schedule, though, what they had in front of them, it, it was the Thunder and the Pelicans missing their best players, the Portland Trailblazers who've kind of went into the toilet, the Houston Rockets 
you know, they beat the Rockets. Anthony Davis had a 40-point game, and LeBron had like 30, and they made a big deal out of it. And I'm like, well, yeah, but they're like the dead-ass last team in the league. I mean, if that's who you're playing, you'd expect them to. What do you think, Raven? LeBron in the playoffs? Fuck LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> I know we have, we're talking before the show, Money. Uh, LeBron had some interesting quotes for how he was casting blame on the loss to the Clippers last night. Yeah. Because yeah, it can never be his fault. God well, forbid. Well, well, okay, so Westbrook was taunting him a bit, and, and the Clippers did beat the Lakers last night for like the 11th or 12th straight time the Clippers have beat the Lakers. Um, and everybody out there, you know they share the same stadium. So a home game for the Clippers is still a home game for the Lakers when they play because they're playing in their they're in their same locker rooms. They're they're not sleeping in their own beds. That's they're not on the road. Um, LeBron's excuses. Yeah. So you want me to get the quote I have here? Yeah. Yeah. So this he interviewed after the game. He, here is what he had to say. Quote. It's one of the toughest games we've had this year, coming off the road trip and getting back late last night after an overtime game. This was one of those scheduling conflicts in the season that definitely got the best of us tonight. What What is a scheduling conflict? What does that have to do with your performance on the court? <laughs> Saying yes, jet lag. For the love of God, that has nothing to even do with the actual, like, playing of the game. Oh. We got we got a LeBron fan coming in here. You want to know the difference between LeBron and Jordan? Jordan's a winner. Okay, <laughs> he'd run circles around LeBron. LeBron, and if LeBron got offered one hundred and twenty million dollars for an ad campaign, do you think he'd turn it down? Never. Well, yeah. Jor- Jordan did with Jordan, Disney yeah. because he said, "I like my identity the way it is." Now that right there is a legacy. Yeah, I was making newsways this past week here too. Yeah. Well, true. LeBron won't even pay for a check mark on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so so but but anyway, the other thing I wanted to talk about from last night's game is that once again in a loss before the final buzzer and went off and the clock went zero 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 zero, LeBron made his way to the locker room. Mm-hmm. Before his teammates. He exited early? Yeah. What do you think of that, Supersonic? Uh, I think you're muted. So, oh, wait. We got volume on you now, Steve. There you go. Go ahead. He does that shit all the time. And that's, to me, it's just, he's not a teammate. I, he's well, pulling a Detroit Pistons? Well, the thing, the thing was is that, and, and, and the guys I was listening to today were talking about, had it been the other way around and the Lakers had beat the Clippers, LeBron would have been out there dapping up. Oh, pumping his chest. You know, smiling with all the guys in the other team like they're buddies or something and 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 but because the shoe was on the other foot and they lost the pouting act into the locker room well no usually after a basketball game it's one of the more respect it seems like the more genuine after game sportsmanship after the wars I mean, besides just a cordial like a uh, formality handshake that you actually see them like doing uh you know the quote-unquote bro hugs and right, right. and it seems like there's actual and, like respect shared on the court well and and that's exactly my point though to all of those lebron jock sniffing lovers out there is that he does that kind of thing constantly all when, the time. When, when things don't go his way, he is like the least sportsmanship guy out there. And and that's that's my thing about him. Is is you know Okay. I'm the greatest. 
Go ahead. What do you say? She's got it. I know she's, she loves LeBron. What? Okay. What is up with the name itself? Because, like, there's a lot of weird names for a lot of teams, but LeBron? What name is LeBron? I've never heard of another LeBron. What is a LeBron? <laughs> Pussy. Well, yeah. What did what did what? Did, what did, I thought I thought I thought I thought Keith I thought Keith Cummings said something about what that was. Keith actually French. is in the chat. He said I said it last week. LeBron LeBron is French for whiny word with a B. No, it's like jabroni. It's le jabroni. It's Italian. Le, le jabroni. It's Italian. That's a that's Italian for jabroni. Oh, man. All right. Um, We got in on LeBron, Luke. One thing I wanted to ask you. Okay. Uh, Switching gears a little bit. What about the new baseball rules? Oh. Oh. uh, When they go extra innings, they put a guy on second base to start it off with. Well, and they did that that? last year. Uh, Yeah, they started it last year. I don't like that phantom runner. I don't don't know how you – so they take the guy that got out last – Last inning, and put him on second in extra innings, and and I not a fan of that. Well, I'm a purist. I'm like I, I don't me we, too. Messing with the game like that, it's just it's it, it's it's like bastardizing it. Well, I saw one like yes. I saw one middle ground idea floated out there, which I would be okay with uh, if I had to pick one. Where at least let them go one one extra inning without the extra runner on and. You know, if they don't have to drag the game out, then maybe two or three innings later, put on the extra runner. I I, I can be kind of okay with that, but at least yeah, give them at least one more in- inning to finish it out traditionally. I would say I yeah. was in in favor of the the uh, clock, though. I thought well, the games moved, you know, right along. Uh, I, yeah. I you know I don't I, I haven't watched enough so far this season. It's been yeah, just a I, week. Because I've been reading, I've been reading the okay. This guy was called out for a clock violation, or this this pitcher was extra strike. Yeah, or, yeah, but but I haven't actually watched any of that, so I haven't seen how it actually plays out. Oh, no, they stay uh, they stand in the box and they're not doing all this, taking their gloves on and off. And, well, well, I saw the Manny Machado thing, where where there was like 13, 12, 13 seconds on the clock, and and he. Like called for time, he put his hand up to the umpire to call for time, and then with eight seconds still on that clock ticking down, the umpire called him out on a third strike. No, I don't see. I didn't and, see and, that. One. And I was like, well, I thought he had to get all the way to the bottom of the clock. Oh, I so, I, so I don't understand. And then the, the explanation the ump gave was that he was Machado was not being attentive to the pitcher. And and so then there was this argument. And yeah, got, there's a lot of intricacies to this pitch clock. Here. And, and, and and so I don't. I I mean I'm 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 not understanding it how it's supposed to work. There when when there's still time on the clock and you're calling strikes on guys. Well, they were doing this in the minors the last head groundskeeper yeah. for the Diamondbacks. Good friend of mine. He's a North Dakota guy actually, <laughs> and uh, he told me that. I think a lot of people were trying to make sure that they minimize the length of the game. Right, right. Because, you know, these three- and four-hour games or three-and-three-and-a-half-hour games, uh, the commissioner or whoever's in it, and they felt felt like these two things could make 
the clock tick or, you know, close, uh, slow down the game. And I think that's happening, but I think there's going to have to be some adjustments to it because some of the stuff I think is it needs to, to have a second or third look at it well, as we go through it. My, my, my problem, though, is, is, is it, it appears to give the umpires more discretion in another area. Like they needed that. That's what I agree with. I, I, I think mean, it, they're already calling balls and strikes. You know, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, mentioned, I mentioned last week they already issued a, a slight, some updated rules to the pitch clock. Just very, very minor tweaks. I got a feeling as the season goes along, they'll keep doing some fine tuning, minor adjusting. Uh, well, you don't want to be seeing the rules changing as you're going along, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm with you. You know, it's like, oh, you know, we don't like this, or this team's exploiting this part of the pitch clock rule. Um, like, I guess speaking of fast games you brought up, Steve, uh, did you see how fast this one Twins game was from a couple of days ago? Uh, where, actually, the Twins started off hot, 4-0. and zero. Like, one, one of the few times they started off that, not and one of the few times. They even got scored on. Yeah, they were, I, I, they first two games of the season were shutouts against the Royals. And, uh, yeah, Joey Gallows had two home runs in Sunday's 7-4 to four win. And well, he had three, three. Yeah, bat, he had he had two in the one game, and then he hit another monster shot in the next game. But then they finally lost. Uh, they're four and two now. They lost two games in a row to the Marlins. But the first game they lost, it was a real close game. Pablo Lopez still pitched like seven innings of shutout ball, but it was just the relief pitchers that that failed them. Yeah, eighth inning. And I think they only lost. I want to say it was yeah zero to one. They lost, so it was a close game. And they're up against the NL Cy Young winner from last year, Sandy Alcantara. And he pitched the first complete game of the season. I only gave up, I want to say, two, three hits and one walk. And the game was three minutes shy of two hours. Did you ever think we'd be yeah, saying a, a baseball game would last, yeah. a full nine-inning game would last under two hours? Even perfect games in the extreme circumstances. Yeah, so. But, yeah. Oh, no. That's, like, faster than hockey. <laughs> and they're still DH in Buxton. Buxton actually, well, yeah, Buxton was playing DH. I did note he had a pretty solid first week. He's the, through the first week of play. They're off today. Uh, he's batting three fifty, so he's been playing most well, of the games. Well, the so. other guy they they brought the other guy into play center field, right? Well, yeah, former Gold Glove winner and weak hit, weak hitting guy though. Yeah, but, but no, they're so so far. Joey Gallo is uh, panning out for them. Um, he did. Where did st- they get him from? Was that San Diego or Cincinnati? Yankee, isn't he? Uh, no, he was. He finished the season in in Los Angeles last year. Uh, the okay, Yankee, for the Angels. Um, no, the Dodgers. 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 Okay. Uh, the the Yankees had him, and um, the the New York fan base and media got in his head. I mean, they didn't like. Yeah, he was he was struggling the way it was, and then then you know if if you don't have tough skin there they beat you down pretty pretty bad and they they did Randy it. Johnson had a hell of a time there when he got you know went there I mean, remember he almost got in a fist fight with one of the reporters on the yeah, well, sidewalk that was inter- interviewing him or <laughs> well, saying something it's 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 a brutal town when when you're underperforming and Randy Johnson was a tough guy he didn't take much from anybody so yeah I, I remember that one well, and, and it's it's like, uh, but Gallo, I, and I like Gallo because he's a good I fielder. He's pretty fast on the base paths, but God, he could he, he well last season he couldn't hit a buck fifty because the shift. They they put and he's a, he's a player that's going to benefit from the the not being able to shift those guys in the infield. I know they can still. Now, did they get away with that? 
the shift? Well, well yeah, yeah. They that, that's no longer they can't do a shift. Uh, traditional shift, yeah. They, yeah, they can. They can find, still move the outfielders around. There's like kind of weird uh, workarounds, <laughs> right? So they move the they'll they'll move the inf- the, the outfielders in closer. But it's more risk reward. Yeah, but, even but more. the third short still stays somewhat in their positions. Well, yeah, you got to have I, two I think, on each side yeah, of second base. Yeah, two two infielders on each side of second base. You can't move okay. all three or four over like they were doing. But and, the inf- outfielders come in and yeah. move. Or, okay, yeah, all right. But, um, but but then if you hit a fly ball, then they're not out there to catch it. So. I, well, so it works both ways. Um, yeah. I did want to sneak in one last basketball note before we uh, keep moving on with more baseball and other sports here. Um, with the Timberwolves, uh, I want to say they did stop. Their, they're on a little bit of a nasty uh, losing streak there. They're on a three-game skid, and they finally stopped that against the Brooklyn Nets, uh, 107-102 win in their last game. But 40-40 uh, and 40 and ninth in the Western Conference. And then, yeah, just an update. Yeah, the best they can finish in is getting a seventh seed. So it's it's looking good for them, at least making it into the postseason. I want to see them skip, but the major thing I wanted to bring up with the Timberwolves, two things, uh, to bounce off what we covered last week, remember with the Rudy Gobert uh, criticism and Chris Finch criticism from the fouls last week? Well, they issued fines. Rudy Gobert was fined $25,000 for his comments about the poor officiating, yeah, well. and Chris Finch uh, $15,000 for their disparaging comments. And then uh, also Timberwolves had a horrible, unfortunate injury uh, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, Nas Reed out for six weeks to undergo surgery on a fractured left wrist. And best case scenario, they think he could be back if the Timberwolves make it all the way to, like, the conference finals. So, <laughs> I mean, odds of that. But, I mean, Nas Reed has been so much fun to watch the last couple of months. He, he'd, uh, he'd been kind of having a breakout season. Yeah. Who did they give for Rudy Gobert? Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> a bunch of picks. A, a big lot white of picks. center. Uh, but he's been playing really good, right? Yes. Uh, I Mark, Mark, what the heck? Because they were talking about it on the sports today. That yeah, know, no, if they, they had him as as playing with with Cat, uh, they'd be a better team than because Gobert has got no offensive game whatsoever other right. than dunking the ball, and and you know that was always kind of the issue between him and Donovan Mitchell in Utah was Mitchell's a pure scorer and Gobert can block shots and be defensive player of the year, but he can't shoot to save his life and he's a he's like Shaq at the free throw line. I mean, oh. Just, just another. That's one. not good. No, that's not good. And then, and then, since since you're still running basketball, my New York Knicks have clinched a playoff spot. They're uh, clinched in as the fifth seed in the East. Um, last night, they beat the Indiana Pacers without uh, Brunson and without Randall and without uh, R.J. Barrett. Obi Toppin had 32 points, Emmanuel Quickly had 39 points, and Quentin Grimes had 36. It's the first time three Knicks have scored over 30 points in 44 years. It's quite when the did feat. that go back? Uh, was that in the 70s? Yeah, yeah, mid-70s. And so, so who would have been the four that scored in double figures? Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Dick Barrett. Nah, I think I think it was even after those guys. I actually think it was uh like Michael Ray Richardson and Ray Williams yeah. uh, and that team. Um, Michael Ray Richardson. Yes. Yeah. I wonder if he's still uh, running around. I think he's still alive. Um, you know, Ray Williams isn't, but but Michael Ray Richardson. You know, they they, they he he was like Sugar Ray. They called him, and and he was boy talk about a talent. I think he played at Montana State in college. Yes, he did. And yeah. and. and, and 
I mean, he was he was like a six foot four, six foot five scoring guard that could handle the ball and dish the ball, and uh, as good as they come, it really was. Uh, and and in those days, we're talking the days of the really great guards in the mid seventies. And, yep. And yeah. Um, unfortunately, the cocaine got a hold of him. Like a lot Same of guys. Same thing that happened at WSU with Don Collins. You know, he was a great All-American. Oh, yeah, Don got Collins. Got into the cocaine. And I think he got drafted first round by the, by the Bullets. And oh, yeah, he did. Out of it. He did, yeah. I remember Don Collins playing for the Bullets. Yeah. Great um, ball player. Great. And, and, was, well, he I was, was at WSU when he was there with, uh, you know, we had – with Raveling was the coach. And oh, yeah. We had some great players come out of there. A lot of kids played in the NBA. And Even Bill's heard of George was, Raveling. Yes, yeah, I have. George Raveling. He's still around, too. Wow, he's, he's got to be 90-some years old. That yeah, guy yeah. That guy was is, – is, is like he, he wrote books on coaching. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – He got the speech when Martin Luther King gave his speech – he got the transcripts of that speech. Wow! Because he was at the at the uh, at that speech when he gave it. Wow! Yeah, no, you're um, you're talking like a, a, a an American icon there. When you say Raveling, uh, wow, supersonic! That name I hadn't crossed my mind in a long, long time. I well, have. Oh, sorry. Back in those days, Marv Harshman was a. You know, Marv Harshman was a. You know, he coached the Olympics too, so he was a UW guy. And uh, coach at WSU, so yeah, they've we've had some great, great coaches out here. Oh, basketball yeah, coaches. they they were they, they they were huge in the uh, in the Olympic realm. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what what you were saying over here? I was going to say I have two uh, fluff pieces of basketball uh, topics here, just real fluff. quickly. Uh, not, one's not so fluff, uh, but uh, they finally renamed the FTX Arena for the Miami Heat. You know, after the whole big crypto crash from a couple months back. Uh, I guess a Miami-based software company paid $117.37 million over 17 years for the naming rights. It, it is now the Casilla Center. So, yeah, Casilla, the Miami-based software company. So there you go. And then finally, I'm kind of curious if anyone around the table has seen previews for this new basketball movie just hit theaters yesterday, Air. So it's uh, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. I've seen the commercial. Yeah, I've seen, yeah the commercials are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, in case for the uh, people listening haven't, uh, if you haven't, uh, it's all about how Nike went from the upstart uh, sports shoe company to unrivaled powerhouse that it is today and how they got the Air Jordan sneaker rights. So I, I want to say I'm going to try and see it this weekend. What, anyone engage interest around the table? Yeah, I, th- I think it's, I mean, from what I've seen of it, it looks like it's something worth seeing. Um, it, it, the, there were critics that were talking about, you're talking about uh, the Air Jordan shoe, and it's actually uh, focuses around the white guys with the idea rather than Jordan himself. But no, I, I, I'm still a guy that, uh, it's hard for me to believe that the Converse All-Star, uh, Julius Irving, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird shoes are a thing of the past and gone. And, and and never really revived. That Converse never came back with a a prototype basketball shoe, and instead and instead their their whole niche now is is like are they more value brand cash, canvas. Cash, canvas. Ca- casual yuppie type wearing shoes? They change their outlook there. Yeah, for, uh, for college image. kids, not athletes. 
And they used to be the shoe. Skateboarders. Skateboarders, yeah. Monty, from your basketball playing days, uh, did, did you ever skin into collecting uh, sports shoes or sneakers, basketball shoes at all? Or did you have a phase where, like, I got, I, I, I hear there's, I've seen, like, uh, YouTube videos, people showing off their shoe collections. They paying huge bucks for like limited run basketball shoes. No, no, I, I never, I, I, I always wore mine. I never just saved them in a closet. And and, but I know guys that have like, you'd think they were a woman for the number of shoes they got in their closet. Raven, do you have a lot of shoes? Yep. I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do. But any, anyway, I... I, I you should uh, see my wife's shoe collection. Well, yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm tripping over shoes everywhere I turn in my house. It's a thing. You don't know what you want to wear. And then, like, exactly. it, it's not like one accessory where you can wear it with everything. Like, it's, it's shoes... Like, there's only certain pairs of shoes you can only wear with certain things. Just, just a second. She lit up... Like he lights up over racing. Go ahead. Or wrestling. wrestling. I can't even tell you. If I wore a different pair of shoes to every sports show, I would go over a year before I hit the same pair. You had over 300 pairs of shoes? Probably. Wow. <laughs> Are you, Probably. Well, and there's Char. Okay, so so. Yep. you got a couple pairs of shoes, do you, Char? Yeah, I have. Um, well, you have to have two of everything because we have a house in Palm Springs. <laughs> so you need two. One for here, one for there. Well, you know, and, and, and my wife Sandy's got a lot of shoes. And um, we would go to events and, and she would bring multiple pairs of shoes with because this pair is only a two-hour pair of shoes. Oh, oh absolutely. Facts. That's very smart. Facts. Absolutely. That is this. I thought I was the only girl that did that. Yeah. You have oh special time limits on pairs of shoes? I want a shoe show. Shoe show. Oh, I there want you a go. shoe show. Special one off shoe show. Yeah. You, and, you and Katie can do that. Yeah. Oh, Katie's Whoa. not that kind of person. That sounds like a, a special edition of a themed episode of, of your show there. Oh, gosh. Well, yes. Katie, Katie would be wearing those uh, Canvas Converse stylish for college kids and skateboarders yeah. and type stuff. But, yep. But no, I, I back the shoe, the whole shoe thing. We were very limited uh, when I started playing. We were wearing the Chuck Taylors. I'm sure Supersonic Steve was wearing Chuck Taylors too, and Bill. I'm sure you wore some Chuck Taylors, and <laughs> yeah, because you could wash them. And if you, and if you were, and if you were being a little bit different, you might have wore some Pro Keds. And um, like I always say, I was I was the first guy in in, in Maddock to wear leather basketball shoes. What was that? Uh, Steve has a really good uh, story about shoes with his dad. You should tell that story about because they're talking about shoes. Basketball shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in uh, ninth grade, and I got uh, transferred to a big high school, like a largest high school in the state of Washington. So I was fortunate enough; I made the bar or the basketball team, but all the kids there were rich. And my side of the tracks were poor. And they all wanted, because we I started, they wanted to wear these Converse, these red Converse, like, I forget what they were, but uh, they were 32 bucks for a <laughs> pair. And this was my freshman year, so it was like 1972, three, something like that. So that's about $100 30, today, dollars? 32 bucks. And my dad... I took him. I said, hey, the team wants me to get these shoes. And he goes, you know, Steve, if I have to work eight 
hours to buy those shoes. And I never forgot that. That was, you know, eight hours. So he's working for four bucks an hour back in those days. And I still remember it because, you know, you had to keep up with the Joneses back in those days, you know. But 32 bucks, eight hours, I mean, that tells you how old I am. Yeah, you well, know? no, I got to love inflation. And, and $4 an hour. Yeah, no, I, I remember <laughs> similar kind of things. And, and, you know, $32 didn't seem like a lot of money, but it was in those days. It was. Damn right it was. You could go out to dinner, you know, with your whole family for 32 bucks. Oh, yeah. Go to McDonald's. Still have money left over. Do you remember yeah. when McDonald's was actually a treat? Yes, yeah. I do remember. That used to be our like, family's old post-Sunday church dinner. <laughs> exactly. Like, you were excited if you got to go to McDonald's. Like, you yeah. were so amped up. Oh. All right, and Paul. if you got to go, like, Black Angus, I don't know if that was back there, probably steakhouse. steakhouse, cheap steakhouse. You know, that was, like, big time. I mean, oh, yeah. that was like, oh, you were rich. It was the Olive Garden in my family. Oh, hey, don't, don't forget Playroom. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to hit this. The, ball, like, the balls and the slides and everything. Oh, oh my gosh. I want to, okay, I need a ball pit. <laughs> no, think about it. Ball pits aren't a thing anymore because people got so scared of germs. I want a ball pit. When I The next time I get a house, I'm installing a ball pit. It is a thing. <laughs> It is happening. You know what's going, we know what's going on your birthday wish list. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. We want you to make the River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill your next dinner and movie destination. That's Both are located in the River Mall in East Grand Forks. Either dine inside the movie memorabilia restaurant, the Shire, or take your meal to the movie you're attending. Some of this week's feature attractions are Air... Well, there's what we were talking about. Super Mario Brothers movie. I'll bet you you guys are going to see that one, huh? Paul loves that. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, his only son, John Wick Chapter 4, and Champions. You can find the complete showtimes and listings online at rivercinema15.com. Don't forget about the Tuesday special of $5 movies all day long and 550 senior matinee special on Wednesdays and Thursdays. The River Cinema has luxury recliners and expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages and is fully owned and operated by the same company that runs the Grand Theater in Crookston. For their showtimes, look online at morefamilytheaters.com. Yeah, it's a comfortable place to go see a movie. Go see John Wick 4. Do it. Even if you haven't seen John Wick 1? (laughs) Okay, well, well... Anyone that goes and sees John Wick out of order is a serial killer and should probably be put to death. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Like, who does that? Who goes to a movie and doesn't see the first one? That's like putting your shoes on and putting a sock and shoe on and then putting a sock and shoe on the other foot. There's just certain people that are insane in this world. Okay, it's, yeah, you it's see just, him driving around every day. Oh yeah. my god, I know. You're not even here. You don't even know. Oh, he, oh, oh I know. He's, he's, he's <sighs> Seattle's worse oh, yet. Yeah. Seattle's worse. Okay. Oh, that's crazy. So, so at least you have a pool. A nice weather, bastard. No, I don't have one here. I have one down in the desert, but not here. Okay, so so 
if 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 um, if the playoffs in hockey were to start right now, and it looking more and more like it, it looks like the Minnesota Wild and the Kraken will be playing in the first round. I guess, you yes. know, speaking and, of hockey, uh, real quick, Keith just had an update on the score. Michigan and Quinnipiac are tied at one halfway through the first. So okay, I want to get Keith's opinion. Okay, so the Kraken's jerseys. Tell me it is not a missed opportunity to have tentacles wrapping around and making a K on the back of uniforms. Tell me I am not insane that that is a good idea. Come on now. They're just blue. Like, they're, like you're going to have a cool name like the Kraken and you're not going to use a tentacle on a uniform? What's wrong with you? You know, I was gonna say. You know what's funny is like, like I think the Kraken is like a super cool name. Yes. You know, like release the Kraken. You yeah. get, but you know what? Like you, have, all these teams. It's like they, their marketing teams don't ever like go outside the box, because you know the team that I would never want to play against. Think about it. What would be the most intimidating team name that you could face? Are you talking about current existing teams? No, no, just come up with one. The Vikings would be up there. They're Warriors. No, you, the know, you, you know who I wouldn't want to play against? Mm. The Rashes. <laughs> the Rashes. I wonder what their mascot would look like. <laughs> why is that the most accurate thing I think he's ever said? <laughs> I mean, why, 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 don't, why is everything... Yeah, I mean, you could... You okay, could where's the scurvy? We need the scurvy. Scurvy now. Like, let's just start naming off diseases, I guess. Damn. Did, wow. Why is that accurate? Well, did you see on uh, Seattle News that uh, Dave Haxtell threw out the first pitch for their home opener? Oh, uh, I did not yeah. see that. Well, he's a hero up there right now. I he mean, must be. He, he, was, he was looking at, they were, they were like, he was like going to be an interim, like just a, a plate just holder to- and, 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 because he's been doing so well, he suddenly uh, kind of locked himself in there. Mm. So I don't know. I good for him. I mean, he knows how to coach. We know that. It's just I don't think he knew how to throw the ball, though. Well, I I don't know. I um, you were talking about hockey going to playoffs, there, Monty. Yeah, the the Kraken and the Wild look like they're going to be matching up in that front in that first round. It's supposed um, to be, <laughs> and and it's either Dallas or. Denver's right in there too. I I know Wild just well, clinched a playoff spot. They, they they've clinched, but the Wild had two games with the Las Vegas Golden Knights, mm-hmm. and and they had a chance. Had they taken those two games, they'd have been in first place in the Western Conference. I know they're playing right now against the Golden Knights. Uh, Cur- or excuse no. me, the Penguins. Sorry, yeah, and, they lost both games yeah. to the Knights. And actually, they're down against the Penguins right now. End of the second, zero to two. Well, yeah. it sounds like the Penguins need to win tonight, or they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, well, and and, and, and Sidney Crosby has not been outside the playoffs very often. And that would put him and Ovechkin both out because the Washington Capitals got eliminated. Well, they were talking about somebody, too, that's on uh, Pittsburgh that's like 6'7", and so they're expecting a big beatdown between him and that Reeves guy. Oh, well, Reeves is a tough guy. Well, yeah, I know, but yeah, this guy apparently a, for know. for uh, Pittsburgh is quite quite the physical specimen, too. Well, all I know is they went into Vegas and got beat four to one on Saturday night. The Wild did, and then they uh, came home to St. Paul and got beat four to three in a shootout on Monday night. So they lost both those games. 
Um, but that one point they got from the shootout loss was enough to yeah, clinch. None, nonetheless, yeah. they entered tonight in a three-way division tie with Colorado and Dallas, uh, although I think the tiebreakers go to Colorado and Dallas, so they're actually in third place in the in the division now again. And But they have clinched the playoff spot. Um, I don't I, know. I, I did see uh, Kirill Kaprizov is slated to come back next week, so that's good news. He's currently just doing like skating around, getting getting back from his injury there, recovering. And then I saw they, while did lose another player, uh, I guess, while Kaprizov is set to return, rookie Mason Shaw tore his ACL and will miss the remainder of the season. And he's had a decent rookie season so far. He's had seven goals and played in about 50-some games there. So, But, yeah. I love how Keith didn't say anything about the jerseys or the Krakens. All he had to say was, go back to your corner, Paul. (laughs) <laughs> well, I um, actually, Raven, the uh, tentacles uh, into a K or some kind of design, I actually like that idea. I do too. It, it's a missed opportunity, yeah. though. Like, you got an awesome name like the Kraken, and you're not going to put that mythical beast on a uniform. Like, even the Vikings have horn on, horns on their helmets, and the actual Vikings, yeah. like the historic Vikings, never even had horns. But they said skull. <laughs> Bill. But I like. I, y- I don't know. You know, we start talking names again. And, and, and I don't know. Um, what, what we started off the show tonight, you know, uh, Steve, talking about the Minnesota rodents in the Frozen Four. And we had to stop real quick because uh, Raven wanted to know, wait, somebody's actually called the rodents? Hey, I wouldn't put it past a team. I'm not going to lie. I legitimately wouldn't put it past anyone. Like, I'm assuming there's a team out there called the Prairie Dogs. I mean, it's the same thing. There's got to be. That's what UND used to be. The Flicker Tails. Oh, yeah, yeah. Flicker Tails. Okay, I would accept Fox or, like, Rabbit before I accept Prairie Dog. All I got (laughs) to say. Yeah, I don't much care for Flicker Tails, Prairie Dog, Gopher, anything like that. You might as well call yourselves the insects or something. I don't know. It doesn't. It does. A gopher doesn't strike any fear into anybody. And their mascot's got these big buck teeth. How about the yeah. Castleton squirrels? I didn't care for oh that either. Oh my good god! See, you have a very aggressive name, and you're not gonna use it. Uh, like, come on, come on. Well, I agree. I think we're gonna have to get some suggestions into the Kraken then. Yeah, let's see. Here's some suggestions from the chat. Most intimidating nicknames. Yeah. What are the most intimidating names? Oh gosh. Well, they're used. To, well, we there's still, a lot we, of unintimidating. I guess we names. still got the New Jersey Devils. So yeah, I mean, you got Satan himself there being represented. Eh, probably not for long. <laughs> yeah, wild, not for, they've been trying to fight kinda, it. Yeah. You know what? I'm. Cool. I am waiting for someone to be called the Mermen. Mermen. Uh. I am <laughs> waiting. That's actually a, that could be a thing though with all this. Feministic stuff going on, or whatever the hell. I mean, they're not even playing sports anymore for crying out loud. At least LeBron's not. But like, <sighs> I know we're down to about our last several minutes here. Does uh, what, any last points that anyone has to bring up or stories or topics? We got the spring. I wanted to UND. say one thing about Bud Grant. Oh, there you go. And I, I listened to Fran Tarkington. Uh, give a little deal about uh, Bud Grant, and it's it, to me it was quite amazing because you know you kind of look at the two of them as 
partners or together, you know, they were quarterback coach. And I just thought that Fran Tarkin did a really nice job of giving uh, his opinion on what a great guy Bud Grant was. Bud Grant. No, I, I, I agree. And, and uh, Fran Tarkington, to some extent, was like a son to him. I, I, mean, I could see that. And, and when, um, when, when, when the news that broke that Bud Grant had passed away, uh, they were trying to get uh, Fran Tarkington onto some of the Twin Cities radio stations. And um, he usually was, was uh, readily available from, from his home in Georgia. To, yeah. to come on, and um, they couldn't get him on for a couple of days. He was basically pretty stunned. I mean, even I given even yeah. given the fact that Bud was what is he ninety five or ninety six years old, you know, when he passed, and and it still was was tough for Tarkington to take that. And yeah, they they don't make guys like that anymore. No, he said that basically in a roundabout way that you know he looked at him as a father figure. Uh, no, I, I and uh, you know it was it was you know kind of head home. You know you don't every once in a while you get a coach like that that kind of yeah. is your mentor or someone you look up to or always think about. Sound like that was you know for him that was Bud Grant. Well, and and you know he they kept him in a, in a con- consultation role basically all these last thirty years or so, Bud Grant. And and so he'd be at Minnesota Viking games oftentimes in the suites and and um, uh, they were still playing in the Metrodome last time I saw him uh, in in a hallway or a concourse and at least two different times I was walking past Bud Grant and and I hollered at him Hey Bud and he turned and waved at me <laughs> but just like a little kid because yeah he's, yeah he's 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 like sports royalty for sure well there is My something cousin. else. Uh, has met him a number of times there in some hunting thing up in on the North Dakota Minnesota border, and have been really good friends with him. And uh, they got to be close, we get a lot of pictures and stuff from him. But uh, I've never heard a bad word about the guy, never from anybody. Oh my, my, my me either. What do you think, Bill? I was going to say something. Another thing that's going on this weekend in Grand Forks is. The spring football wraps up. Oh yeah! So they're going to have some type of a scrimmage or something on Saturday. Uh, is it now, uh, so University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks football has their spring game. Yes, they do. And and is that an inter squad game then? Yes. And so is that something that would be played in that new arena over yes. on campus, Fritz Pollard? Yeah, the 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 multi. Uh, athletic facility that they got oh I they've, know. they've had in the past so the spring game has had alumni before in the game yeah mm. i actually came back and are, played are, are you suiting up year. this weekend no i'm not so suited up, up this weekend but i did it one time huh um open to the public then oh yeah yeah it's free I think it starts about ten o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah, where's I Prince Pollard? Where? Uh, just right on the other side of the football field. Oh, okay, so by by between, the old the old Memorial Stadium yeah. there. 
Yeah, and then in between that and the old Ralph. Okay. I, 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 I was, and, and since you brought that up, I was going to ask you. I heard that they're going to raise the Hislop Arena. They're going to tear it down. I'm hearing that too, right? Well, I think they, they've said that for two years now. They're going to get rid of the swimming pool. Yeah, that was the other, yeah, the swimming pool. That's, yeah, I don't know why they can't keep the swimming pool. Yeah, I think yeah, that's where the UND swim team still competes, right? Well, well UND doesn't have a... They eliminated the swim team. Oh, they did eliminate the swim? Oh. They swim. have a club team. Or like, a club like team. Katie's involved. Yeah. Oh, okay. But 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 the, the high schools use that pool because isn't it like an Olympic-sized pool? Yeah. It's, it's the only Olympic-sized pool it, in this area what, or vicinity. Well, I think, isn't the central pool yeah, still a, out of commission? Well, I don't know that they've ever swam at the central pool. Huh. Not as a, but I mean, like I think, as like, an event. oh, as an event. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because my daughter used to swim, and we'd come to Grand Forks for state tournaments and stuff all the time because Grand oh, yeah. Forks had the best pool. Yeah, well, I, I, on weekends when when these swim meets would be going on, so high school kids would be different schools would be in there. That would be the only door that was open to get into his slop. So we would sneak in through that way when we didn't have the the key to get in. So we could go play Saturday ball in, in Hislop. Hmm. So we yeah we'd sneak through the swimming pool area and act like we were there for a reason. Well, they made it sound like they really haven't upkept the pool, or I don't know how much upkeep or maintenance it really needs. But it was a very nice facility. Yeah, well, uh, I can't see that it's aged out. It's only been there for. Well, and I'll tell you that the old basketball gym upstairs. That is the, the best floor. The ever. best floor in in, North, in Grand Forks. That floor has got a little bit of give to it, and, and it's just a great place to play. I love playing up there. Well, I heard the Grand Am was in Grand Forks last weekend too, wasn't it? Well, all the games were at Red River. Oh, were they? Yeah, they they didn't. They only had thirty two teams total, I think, something like that. From all age groups, or or. Well, there was four 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 division brackets, and no team no division had more than twelve teams. Oh, is what I heard. But they still made money in town. They made a, did an article on it, so I don't have a whole lot more than that for you guys today. Anybody else? Um, I got made just a couple quick things here, uh, Bill. Did you see who the your uh, Vegas Raiders signed for a backup QB behind Garoppolo? Uh, no, I didn't. Brian Hoyer, two year deal uh, for uh, seventy. Been around. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Cleveland, it, yeah. Cleveland sounds right. Yeah, that sounds about right. He only played one game last season uh, for I think I want to say Green Bay Packers. I think he was with uh, backing up Aaron Rodgers and uh, it didn't do too good. But and he was injured for a bit too. But yeah, they announced yeah two year deal backup Jimmy G there for the new season. I think they might end up picking somebody in the draft. Yeah, that's probably a safe bet, right? Wouldn't help to develop a third pers- a third string. Yeah. And so with today's rate of injuries, it's good to have that third option. Um, but And then the other thing I had, just a quick little, we were kind of talking a little bit before the show. I don't try to bring up too much, but uh, you know, wrestling's biggest weekend, WrestleMania, a little fluffy, quick little highlight or two. Uh, it's two nights. Too much to watch. I had to take time off work from my day job to watch it all because it's like two nights of uh, five hours of wrestling each night. It was way too much, but... Uh, some quick highlights. Rey Mysterio beating up and uh, pinning his kid Dominic in a match. <laughs> that was some fun keeping up with that storyline, watching that develop. Uh, 
Uh, these wrestlers, these UK wrestlers, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre and Gunther, slapping and chopping the crap out of each other. Literally, all their chests were like minced meat after the match. That was just oh. Well, we got to talk about Snoop Dogg, man. Yeah, Snoop Dogg. So. I guess WrestleMania, the last several years, they kind of have this deal where they have the host of WrestleMania. Usually they'll bring in a celebrity or an older wrestler or sometimes a current wrestler. So this year they had their current wrestler, The Miz, and they always usually have him in the past interact with celebrities. So they had The Miz and Snoop Dogg because Snoop Dogg is ubiquitous. He's everywhere. Those two were hosting both nights. And the first night of WrestleMania, Snoop Dogg was messing around with The Miz and set him up with an impromptu match against Pat McAfee. (laughs) And Pat McAfee ended up just tossing Miz around and beat him and pinned him in like three or four minutes. So next night, night two of WrestleMania, Miz is like, Snoop Dogg, I don't like what you did to me last night. So Snoop Dogg's like, what? You want to do it again? So he sets him up in another impromptu match, this time against the owner of the WWE son, Shane McMahon, who's kind of notorious for coming in and wrestling maybe once or twice a year, doing all these crazy high-flying spots. And so he came out, crowd was all stoked to see him since it's been like a year and a half since they saw him on screen, and he proceeds to tear his quad 10 seconds into the match doing like a, a jumping aerial uh, leapfrog and just landed wrong. So and his quad is his thigh then? Uh, kind of under, behind the back of, of his knee, the back part of his knee, uh, from what I understand. And he couldn't... Yeah, he like collapsed from the leapfrog. You know, he leap, leapt over a person. Mm-hmm. Miz was running at him, and he like jumped over him, leaped over him, and like kind of was supposed to land on his feet, but he collapsed and he tried to get back up and just lay down on the mat. Referees were checking on him. There was this awkward thirty second pause where Miz was just kind of walking around the ring, the ring doing a mean little grunt and stance, and then and so Snoop Dogg, I guess from what I looked up afterwards, he decided to call an audible and he ran into the ring. And challenged Miz on the spot, gave like the worst looking elbow drop in wrestling history, his version of the people's elbow, and proceeded to beat the Miz to the crowd's delight. So yeah, that was WrestleMania. Uh, Roman Reigns in the main event defeated Cody Rhodes, continuing to tear up the main event scene. Over two and a half years as champ, almost a thousand days, so big props to Roman Reigns. Uh, If you have to watch WrestleMania, just watch the first night, though. It's way too much to take in two nights altogether. How about Brock Lesnar? Was he involved? Oh, yep, yep. He fought in an opening card match against this big, tall, seven-foot-three guy, Amos. How do you find the time for this shit? I, I said I, I had to. I, yeah, Paul is a, or not Paul. Uh, Dale is a busy boy. Okay, good God! It was, it was two nights of wrestling. It was way too much. Yeah. All, all I know is is up until up until this weekend, I really believed wrestling was real. Oh no! <laughs> and, and the whole Snoop Dogg thing, watching him trotting around out there. It, yeah, Snoop Dogg of all people. You saw too, Monty? I, I did see some of the highlights, and, and I was like, all I could think was, they all must be high. Oh, yeah, yeah, Snoop yeah. Dogg's the laid-back, like, OG, oh, and all of a sudden he's elbow-dropping people? Well, what? He, he had to run across the ring to deliver the elbow drop like The Rock, so he did this little crisscross around the ring. It was more like a little prance. And, yeah, oh, he was oh. kind of, instead of like like a, what like the wrestlers usually do, it was more of a shuffle. Yeah, a little was, shuffle. Look up, uh, it's probably floating around on the TikTok and all that, so, but... Oh my gosh! It was it was. And I guess speaking of WWE, the day after WrestleMania, they they were acquired by the ownership of UFC Endeavor Sports. So uh, they officially labeled it as a merger with UFC ownership group owning fifty one percent of the company and WWE shareholders owning forty nine percent. So yeah, WWE no longer a private family business, or I guess publicly held family business. But they did say Vince McMahon is still the official chairman. 
and running the company that side uh, after he did his kind of hostile takeover of the company a couple months ago. Uh, that was that's a whole other story. But uh, and then Dana White's still like the official spokesperson figurehead for UFC on the UFC side of things. So big crazy week for WWE <laughs> entertainment. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Anything else, Bill? Oh, that's WWE's come a long way from. What we used to watch, oh, Vern Gagne and the uh, AWA and the Minneapolis TV studio. Yeah, well, that's Scrap Iron Gadaski. Oh man, your 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 Billy weak, Red Claw, your, your weekly designated loser. Yeah, always always close, but never quite. That's and that's the always dependable Kenny J. Oh yeah, Kenny. Oh, J. I did see Keith in the chat had one last comment. Uh, he said, "How about uh, the?" Well, I think he had uh, might have been going back to our mascot talk there. I think. Uh, did do you got it up there, Monty? I think I have it here. Uh, how about the making whoopee? That's what. <laughs> making whoopee. Yeah. Making. Okay, Keith, you got. Way, you're like Dale. You have way too much time on your hands. <laughs> I must what do you like over here, Raven? What is a whoopee? Like a whoopee cushion? Like you, you want a person to dress as a whoopee cushion? I think it's a sexual thing. Yeah, I, I would say it's a sexual <laughs> act. Okay, well, apparently I'm an innocent young child. Oh, that's that's hard to believe, but yeah, you are. Okay, well. Okay, so. Shit. Oops. <laughs> All right, Supersonic, you got anything else going on out there? No, no. Just wanted to say goodbye. Uh, Hello to Jerry and uh, Rosalie Johnson from Grand Forks, North Dakota, who that's my mother's sister, and they listen to us all the time. So I just want to. We love those loyal listeners. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, where's the dog? Okay. Okay. Oh, Oh, heard you. Kind of a shitbird today, but that's okay. Well, you know, Bill's Bill's been dog sitting for two weeks. I don't think he wants to see any dogs. I don't need any dogs for a while. Where's where where's it? There it is. There's Rip. Hi, Rip. Hi, Rip. Shithead. He's a shithead. He doesn't know it, but he's the mascot of the show. All right. You guys have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. Awesome. See you, Steve. Adios, Monty. I'm pulling it up. Hang on, there we go. Okay, uh, thank you for tuning in to tonight's Fork Sports Highway. Catch us live every Thursday at 6.30 right here on Grand Fork's Best Source, live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. If you missed us live, find our archives by searching GFBS on your favorite podcast, streaming, or social media apps. We're everywhere. Support GFBS by leaving us a five-star review on Google or checking out the donate link on top of the www.gfbestsource.com website. That's all for today. We'll see you next week. Take care, guys.